All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. What is going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us. It's, a, it's an exciting episode, Tim. Very exciting. It's, we, we, we do a lot of interviews with players. It's nice. Lots of high draft picks. Lots of guys who have a lot of you know, swag behind them. A lot of you know, cachet. It's not very often we get a guy that it's just salted the earth. I, I, I feel like I am Michael Pizzetta. I feel like I was him 20 years ago. I can look at him. I'm like, man, this guy, he's got something. It's fun to watch him. He's got it. As Tim likes to say, he's hungry. And there's not many guys in the league right now that are hungry. Everyone's very complacent. It's a very soft league. So when someone comes along and you notice them and like, that guy's finishing every check, that guy's like got the fire in his belly. You got to get him on the show. So that's what we're doing. Michael Pizzetta, thank you for joining us. What's going on, my friend? Hey, guys. Um, just, just chilling here at the hotel. Thanks for having me and uh, pretty excited. You sound excited. You sound just very amped up to be on the show. I'm very, I'm very happy to hear that. I can feel the energy in your voice. The way we work this, Michael, I wanted to start from the beginning. Where, where you juniors? You're from Toronto. I'm from St. Catharines, so I'm very familiar with that area. Good hockey growing up in Toronto. Where did you get your start? Did you play travel? Did you play tier one, tier two? How was that? You know, growing up in that area. So um, just growing up, I uh, I started just whatever. I was league select. I went to AAA like when I could. And then um, my first year, like minor Adam, then they, they took away uh, hitting. And I was a pretty, pretty big kid back then. So I played uh, with the older guys for, for a few seasons. And then uh, I came back down uh, to my own age in Bantam, I think. And then uh, I got drafted out of the, the Senators, Mississauga Senators, where I played my draft year. Uh, I got drafted first round of Sudbury, 11th overall, actually. And then uh, started started there. So you're a pretty high draft pick to the OHL. I got drafted mm-hmm. to the OHL. I think it was in the 23rd round. So we differ there. But <laughs> coming into Sudbury, the high expectations, right? The team's struggling. You're coming in. First few years, not so hot. Not so good in Sudbury. What do you learn playing for just a bad team? And I, I'm, I'm going to say it, Frank. Sudbury was atrocious the first year. Yeah, what do you people, learn? How do you a kid coming in from Mississauga? Is that a good experience? Is that a bad experience? Um, it was tough. Like our first year, we won twelve games. Second year, we won sixteen games. Like that's not easy on anybody. Like there was times where you're on some pretty long losing streaks, and like just 
I don't want to say it wasn't fun to come to the rink because it's like it still was. You're playing hockey, but it was tough. Like it was tough. Like 17, 19 game losing streaks. Like those aren't those aren't easy. But um, I guess you learn to just kind of battle adversity. Like things were never easy there. Like you always had to come to the rink and put your work boots on. And you know when you're winning, like uh, you get days off. You get to have a little bit more fun. When you're losing, it's times are tough. Like you get bagged after those three and threes the next day. It's not a day off. You show up to the rink. You're getting bagged. Like. It was, uh, it was some tough times those first couple of years, but it made you appreciate like winning a lot more. It does make the wins a lot sweeter. That's for sure. You're, you're coming into your NHL draft year around that same time. Do you have any aspirations of getting drafted? Because like you said, 12 wins, 16 wins, not a lot of scouts probably at the games. I looked at your teams at that time, not a lot of high draft picks, what was the chatter like? Did you have an agent? What was everybody saying in your circle? Like, oh, expect to be drafted. You know, maybe we'll be a free agent. What was going on at that time? Yeah, so I thought like uh, my second year, I had a good year. I mean, uh, I played kind of the same way I did now, and just hard hockey. And um, as a seventeen-year-old, I mean, we were on a tough team, but I thought I, I thought I had a pretty good season. So going into the draft, it was kind of like uh, you could go anywhere from four to seven, kind of thing. That was what my agent was saying, and then. Um, he knows the way I am and he knows that I wouldn't, wouldn't have been happy if I went to the draft and, uh, and I didn't get drafted just like personally, like I just didn't want to bring my whole family down and kind of be embarrassed that way. So I gave him a call before the draft. I was like, Hey, look, like I was in Buffalo and I was like, should I go? Should I not? And he said, come to the draft. And, uh, so I came down just with my, my immediate family, like my parents, and my brother, and then, uh, ended up getting drafted to Montreal and that was a pretty crazy experience. And, um, it's something like I'm. I'm just happy that it worked out, and I'm happy that I, I did go down and got to bring my family with me, and it was a. Uh, it was pretty fun. Growing up, I was in St. Catharines. You were in Toronto. Big Leafs nation. I hated Montreal. Did you? Did you also hate Montreal when you were a kid? Uh, I don't think I hated Montreal. Uh, obviously, I was a Leafs fan growing up, and I, I always watched the Leafs, and everything was Leafs, Leafs, Leafs. Like it's it's hard not to. Same as you see the culture here, like it's Habs, Habs, Habs. So. Um, Growing up, I was definitely a Leafs fan, and definitely if the Leafs were playing the Habs, you definitely wanted the Leafs to to stomp all over them. But um, I don't think I had that that hatred that some fans do. But um, I was definitely a, a Leafs fan growing up. Makes sense. You mentioned your 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 style of play in Sudbury. Usually, guys who I played with, who are the pests that I played with, like the Cal Clutterbucks, the Steve Otts, those guys, the Patrick Clutters, they were the the point getters in the OHL. People don't think that, but like Steve Ott put up a hundred some points, Cal Clutterbuck like 80 goals in the OHL. You have been the same type of player everywhere you've gone. You've never put up insane amounts of points, but you've always been a hard worker, um, done everything right, always been a leader on your team. How does that translate? Because most times it doesn't translate. You get to the NHL, you get to the AHL, and your skill doesn't match up at the next level. You know, mm-hmm. you're a hard worker, great, but so was that guy who scored 50 goals in the O. How did you manage to keep up going from Sudbury to Laval? Because that's a big jump. It really is. Yeah. So um, in, in Sudbury, like uh, I always got along with everybody and I always had good relationships with the coaches and everything like that. But I always just fit a role. Like I was always that third line checker and shut down, like try to play shut down anyways. It's tough when your team's losing as many games as you are. But um, I just played that third line role. I'd play some PK, never got on the power play kind of thing. And then my last year in Sudbury, um, the coach just gave me a chance. We got a new coach, Corey Stillman, and, and he sat me down before the season. He's like, look, like, I know you can play. Like, and I know like maybe you can show more than what you are. So I think that year he just threw me on the first line and, and 
I just ran with it and I, I took off and my numbers were a lot better my, my fourth year. So after that, I felt pretty like confident in, in myself. And I knew that coming to pro, I'd, I'd be battling for, for a position again and kind of starting from the bottom. But it's almost like I knew what to expect because I'd been there. Like a lot of these guys coming out of junior and stuff, they're used to playing 25 minutes a night on the first line. Like they hadn't gone through that adversity yet. So for me, it's like when I jumped up, like I knew I might not be playing that many minutes, but like I knew how to adapt to that. Same as like now coming in NHL, it's like I've gone and played those games where you're playing six minutes a night and it's hard to get in the game. And like I figured it out when I was younger that it's like every shift counts. Like you can't like it's just a lot. It's a different mentality. Like you can't sit there like I've sat on the bench and sat there and worried like, hey, like, fuck, like, I'm sorry. Um, why? It's my bad. Uh, like, uh, shoot, like, why am I not out there? Um, like, yeah, you want to be a part of the game. You want to be involved, but your shifts are. 15 minutes apart or you maybe don't even get on that that period and then all of a sudden you're playing all the time so it's just like it's how to adapt and I figured I adapted to that early and now it's like you can adjust to it more and I'm ready for that I've never thought of it that way that's really really smart that's that's really good you don't realize how hard it is to sit around and not play and to mentally wrap your head around not being the best player on the team or in another lineup or potentially not getting a shift for minutes and minutes at a time. That's, that's a skill that people actually don't, don't usually have. Have you seen that because you've made the transition you went, it's they're big jumps. Like you're in the NHL. This is not like, you know, men's league. You went from the OHL, you went to the AHL, you went to the NHL. Do you see guys get passed over? Because I know I did, going from the A to the NHL, dozens of guys who were way more skilled than I. Do you just like look at them and go, man, I wish you had a little bit of, I don't know, you throw in shade, like a work ethic, you know, a little yeah. bit of backbone. I remember I remember this story when I was in junior. And um, I don't know, we were just talking to him with the guys. And this one guy looks at me and he says, he's like, oh, I wish like all I had to do was was work on my hands. And like, that's what would get me to the next level. And like, I didn't say anything at the time, but in my head, I thought, I wish all I had to do was, was work hard. And, and that, that's what would push me to the next level. Like little does he know, like I'm sitting in, in my backyard, shooting three, 400 bucks a day, stick handling every single day on top of my workouts, on top of my skates. Right. So it's just like, you don't know the situation. And a lot of those guys, it's like, all you got to do is work hard and like be willing to play a specific role. Like I know it's not easy and it's hard on your body. It's hard on things, but it's like, that's how you got to get your foot in the door. Right. Like, I understand you have a lot of skill, but right now all they can afford to give you is seven minutes on the fourth line. It's like now if it's between me and you and I, I can play these seven minutes on the fourth line better than you can. Right. Cause it's like, yes, like you need to be skilled. You need to be able to play, but it's just like that seven minutes needs to be played a certain way. And if you're not able to do that, that's going to push you ahead of all those guys that maybe if you're playing on the first line, they might put up more points than you would, but that seven minutes that you're playing on the fourth line, like I know I can do a better job than, than most people doing that. So to me, it's like, how can I be the best player at that? And then you get your foot in the door. And like every summer I'm working, I'm working, I'm working so that maybe one day if, if they put me up to third line, it's like, Hey, look, I can play here. Or like I have the skills to, to be ready to, to, to make a jump, to play more minutes, but you got to get your foot in the door somehow. And you can't bitch and moan about not getting your opportunities. When they come, you have to take advantage of them. That's, that's a, another huge aspect is a mental to be able to humble yourself and be like, you know what? Ugh, I'm not a first line guy just yet. So maybe I have to work at it. I'm happy with a fourth line role right now, but I'll get my chance. And not, a lot of guys can't handle that. They honestly can't. Yeah. And it's just like, you got to stick around. It's like, what can, what am I going to do today to stick around? So like yeah. you can't show that you can play in the first line if you're not there. And when, when it's time to show that, right. 
Yeah. Like there's injuries, there's things happen in a game during a season. And, and it's just like, if, if you're not sticker, if you couldn't stick around because you weren't willing to to do what it, what it takes to stay in that position, it's like you, you can never show something else. Well, sticking around, you're in the NHL now. We'll fast forward a little bit. I want to go back to your AHL career in a second, but you mentioned sticking around. You get called up to the NHL. You're with the big boys. What do you do out of the gate? You, you challenge the toughest guy in the NHL for the last five years, Ryan Reeves. You, you're, not, you're, you're unknown. Even Ryan Reeves himself was like, who is this kid? I know I fought a guy out of the AHL. I had no idea who he was. He beat, beat the tar out of me. So there's this unknown factor. I'm expecting to go to hockeyfights.com, which we are the proud sponsor of, by the way, we're collaborators. I'm like, Pizzette has got to have a hundred fights in the AHL. He's got to be an absolute animal in the OHL. You're barely scraping double digit fights in your whole career. How does that happen? How, how does that whole situation, because we know Ryan, he's been on the show many times. What, what is going through your head when you're tapping him on the pads being like, Hey, big boy, like, let's take us through that sequence of events because it takes a lot of sack to go up and ask Ryan Reeves to fight. Yeah. Like for me, I fought when I had to, like I play hard and you know that when you play hard, like fight fights come around and I'm someone that if someone's trying to take liberties on my teammates, I'm always going to step in there and, and do everything I can. So for me, like, obviously I know who I'm playing against and I know he's on the ice. So you just come across the ice and he finished the hit on me. I thought it was a little bit late. And, um, before the game, I just told myself, like, if it happens, it happens. And he hit me and I was like, Hey, this is, this is the chance. Like, I just wanted to show everybody in the league, like, Hey, I'm not scared of nobody. Like I might not win this fight right now. And it's just like, uh, you got to learn, like, unless you're taking reps and like fighting guys, like you, you can't get better at, at doing that. Right. But I was just like, I want to show everybody that I want to be here. Like I'm willing to do anything that it takes to be here and I'm not scared of anyone. So when he hit me, I just hit him on the shin pad and I was like, Hey, let's go. And, uh, I know he made a big, uh, big scene of it after the the game. Like I was chasing him around and stuff, but I literally just said, let's go once. And I thought he was going to turn around and give me the old, like, Oh, who are you kid? Like one of those. And he kind of just turned around, took his gloves off. And I was like, Ooh, that was easy. <laughs> and, um, <Never> mind. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then we went, obviously I want to do a little bit better than that. I, you can break down the fight. I, I, I didn't get my grab off the start. And then I was kind of swimming from there. Um, like when I came in for my grab, he grabbed my left hand and he pulled it down and I, my hole was on his stomach at that point. So I know he's going to come overhand right. And then, which he did, but I had to duck under it. And the minute I duck under it, he's like, he's a strong guy. I'm swimming after that. So it's just damage control. But um, yeah, it didn't really hit me with anything in the head that, that hurt and um, got some respect from, from my teammates. And I know a lot of guys in the league and even on the ice have come up to me and said like, Hey, good job, kid. So. Yeah, not not embarrassing yourself whatsoever. Not I would say not a lot of guys would drop him with Ryan Reeves. Like that just says that in itself. No one's saying you're embarrassing yourself at all. So let's back up a little bit. You were already a fan favorite in Montreal. Then you go out and you fight Ryan Reeves. You're finishing every check. I've watched a lot of stuff on you. I've done some research. The fans love you. Their first initial reaction of you was this crazy animal skating around the rink with your hair flying everywhere. Okay. I'm just going to tell you my first game in Montreal. I wanted to go no bucket. They wouldn't let me because they're like, it's, it's not a part of the team rules. Everyone's got to have their bucket on chin strap done up. How do you get that treatment? And 
John Scott coming off All-Star MVP. I got to tape and snap <laughs> and glue my helmet on, and I just want to go out and have a good time for my last NHL game. What do you have that I don't, Michael? How does that happen? I just guess I just had a great set of hair. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> boys, uh, the boys took my helmet before that that lap anyways. But uh, after a couple quick quick laps around the ice, they made sure I had to put it back on. But uh, I don't know if you've watched the warm-ups the last couple games. There's about 10 guys with no helmets anymore. So uh, You started something. Uh, I don't know. It's not me. I think something else happened. But um, yeah, guys are guys are back to an old bucket, uh, showing off for the fans a little bit. That was a Bergevin rule. It really was. When I went mm-hmm. there, I I wanted to do a no bucket lap. I, I was very excited, and I, I was in the ho- tunnel like you were, getting geared up for the for the game. And someone came over, one of the guys on the the staff, like we don't do no buckets here. You got to put your helmet on. Bergie said no buckets. So it's it's kind of lame. I'm glad you guys are back to that. What was funny was you stepped on the ice. You want to go bar down. You want to do something classy. <laughs> Everyone's watching. You're the only guy on the ice. You rip one top of the circle. It goes right along the ice, right in the middle of the net. Does that did that phase you at all, or were you just like, no? You know, I was just working on. Uh, I was working on a breakaway move. I figured like uh, <laughs> a lot of guys are going five hole nowadays. <laughs> practice, practice what you're going to do in a game, right? So I figured I'd snap one five hole and. Uh, no, I was pretty nervous, and I was just skating around. <laughs> Don't fall over right now, and all the eyes are on you. So uh, that was pretty funny. Some of the boys uh, chirped me a little bit for that one. No, that's a special moment. That's that's really cool. I mean, the Reefs fight is obviously pretty significant, but did you have, like, another in your first game or first couple of games, like, welcome to the NHL moment where you're, I don't take a big hit from someone or lining up against the faceoff against someone like Jason Spezza or someone like that where you're like, wow, I'm in the show now? Yeah, I mean, every game, it seems like you're playing someone that's, like, pretty cool. And, uh, I mean, the first road trip we went on, you're, it was Detroit, Boston, New York. Like, you're in Detroit, then you're in Boston, Marshawn, Pasternak, then you go over to New York, and you have Panarin and just playing at MSG. Like, there was a couple moments. It's almost like every game, I'm just trying to soak everything in a little bit, but also, like, I belong. I show that I belong here. And um, it's pretty cool, though. And I know it's cool for all my buddies and my family, too. It's just like you've been watching these guys uh, growing up and, and playing in junior and, and through the minors and stuff. And now it's like you're on TV playing against them. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, you've been around. You've had your welcome to the NHL moment. Everything is good. You have a, a veteran team there in Montreal. There's a lot of guys, you know, to kind of guide you potentially. When you came in, it was there was a lot happening in Montreal when, when you came in. You know, there was a whole Carey Price thing. Cole Caulfield, you mentioned him, I think, before we came on. He, he was struggling. No one knows what to do with him. Um, Bergevin, there was that whole issue. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? It, it wasn't, you know, a very good situation to step into. Who on the team kind of took you under their wing and said, hey, you know what? Not, not really show you how to do things, but what was the reception like when you stepped into that locker room? Honestly, like uh... – it's a great group of guys there. Like everyone gets along with each other. Like all of the older guys have, have been awesome with me and just really helped me just be comfortable. Like from the minute I got in, like Weidman, one guy I know to Foley, like my first day there, and I, I made sure like I had a place to stay. And if not, he was going to let me, me stay at his place for, before the game. And um, Ben Sherratt, like all these guys have, have just been, been awesome with, with me. And I know all the other young guys that, that have got called up. So I think, honestly just a really good group of guys there I mean the outcome of the games right now isn't, isn't what anyone wants but in the dressing room and stuff guys are still positive and guys are are really good with each other 
Ding dong, it's Tim. Listen, I don't know if you've heard, we haven't really talked too much about it, but we actually have a sponsor called DoorDash. And let me tell you, it is incredible. As a single guy, I use it all the time. I don't love cooking every single day. And I'm actually moving next week. So my apartment's pretty sparse. I'm packing, I'm cleaning, I'm organizing, I'm just planning. I don't have time to cook. I'm going to be using DoorDash pretty much daily. Lunch, dinner, breakfast, doesn't matter. 24-7, it's unreal. If you're in the U.S., use promo code GLOVESDDUS. You'll get 25% off your first order and free shipping or free delivery. And then if you're in Canada, same thing. It's just GLOVESDD. Check it out, DoorDash. You can use it on your app. Download it today. What does the coach tell you before the game? They usually... You know, we want you to do this, this, and this. What does he tell Michael Pizzetta to go out there and do? What are your expectations? Because you're not expected to score a million goals. Like, what, what's, what do you have to do on a night-in and night-out basis? Just play solid hockey. Like, I'm out there. I'm trying to bring energy for all the guys. Like, just play solid shifts. Like, go go spend time in the offensive zone. Like, go four-check hard, spend minutes down there, really bring the energy, bring the crowd into it if we're at home. And it's just, like, get get pucks moving and, like, be a voice on the bench and – I think that's just what I'm trying to do every night right now and just just be solid defensively when I can and um, just spend time in the offensive zone, just cycling and, and moving the puck around. Do you think you're a marked guy now that you fought Reeves? You, you've put that label on yourself, like, okay, I hung with the big dog. Now every city I go into, everyone's going to look for Pizzetti. Where is he? Where he's at? And you have to just watch your back now? What, do, you, do you get that sense that you have a reputation already? Um, no, I don't think so. Like, uh, maybe if I beat him up, then, then, uh, hey, a lot of guys would didn't get knocked out, you know, and not yeah. that he knocks guys out, but listen, he, he's the Bob Probert of our era like that. He's the guy. Yeah. He's strong for sure. And like, I mean, he landed a couple body shots. I was swimming a little bit there, but, um, no, like I, I know that if I would do it again, I know I could hold my own better than, than what I did in that fight. Like rematch. Uh, I love it. You calling him out here, Tim. <laughs> no, right. I'm not calling him out, but, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I think like the way I play and, you know, like guys that play my way when you make big hits, like guys, guys want to step in there and, and fight. And I got no problem fighting, fighting with anybody, but it's um, sometimes like you make a big hit. I, I don't feel like you got to fight every single time you do that. Um, so maybe it's just picking and choosing what, what, what's going on out there. But um, I'm going to be playing the same way, and I'm never going to stand down anybody if they're they're picking on me or picking on somebody else. So I'll always be around dude, and playing the same way. You ran into Borowicki, who is, I think, one of the most underrated fighters in the NHL. Do you get nervous? You're you're fighting the toughest guys in the league, and we mentioned your resume. Like I know when I played, like I was top three in the NHL heavyweights. Like I I had I'm six eight two seventy. Like I, I had an advantage over everybody and I got nervous fighting these heavy heavyweights. Do you get nervous? You're, you're biting off more than you can chew. Or are you just like, I'm going for it? You know, look, uh, I'm here. Like I made a big hit behind the net. He challenged me and he was up in my face. It's just like, can't really say no. And I, I mean, I put my head down and I kind of just don't think. And it was just like throw now and think later. And, that's kind of my attitude towards that. Like, yeah, it's a little nerve wracking sometimes. Like, you know how it is. Like you're thinking like, Hey, I might have to go against this guy. Like he's a big boy too. Like, you know, that these punches uh, can do some damage and, and you don't want to be just on the ground and then your parents watching on TV or at the game. And, and obviously they're, they're, they're feeling bad for you, but like, no, I wouldn't say that I'm nervous. Like I I'm comfortable, like I'm comfortable doing that if I have to, and I'm comfortable with that, with that side of the game. And again, I'm trying to make the best of my chances here and I'm just trying to show that I'm willing to do anything, anything that it takes 
So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm nervous. No, it's, it's such a cool story. You were drafted. Like we mentioned, what was it? A hundred and some overall hundred and sixtieth. You can count the amount of guys on one hand who make it to the NHL, who get drafted plus 150. Mm-hmm. You're in the NHL right now. You're making a difference. You're on the best hockey podcast, arguably in the whole world. Do you ever just have a chance to sit back with your girlfriend in the hotel and be like, man, this is cool. Like what, this is pretty neat what we're doing here. Yeah. And it's crazy because everything's been happening so fast. Like the schedule is just insane right now. Like we're pretty much playing every other day. So uh, I know like 10 games had gone by and it was just like, whoa, like that happened like real fast. And then I just sat down for a second. and I just thought to myself, like, this is pretty cool. Like my whole life I, I've dreamed of, of playing in the NHL and I've had some tough times. And like, I've had some times where I'm sitting in the minors and I'm getting scratched five, six games in a row. And I'm just by myself out there bag skating just game after game. And you're sitting there and you're like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I just like, I want this so bad, so bad. And I'm just working so hard. And it's just like, I'm not getting a chance, you know, give me a chance, give me a chance. And I know the, this, this preseason, uh, I played my first preseason games in the NHL and I just finally got a chance to play. And it was just like such a just good feeling. And obviously I did well. And, uh, and then I got my chance to play and it was just like, like I sat here and I worked hard and so many people told me like I couldn't do it or, or, you, you know, when people look at you and they just like look down on you or like laugh at you not like, I mean, not to your face, but you know, you know how it is. And it's just like, Hey, like I'm here and, and, and you're not quite frankly. And it's just because I outworked you. And that's what it comes down to. Was it, was it more special for you? And we're getting sappy now. I don't know why, but I, I for some reason, I just, I can relate to your story. How cool was it after your first game when you stepped out and your parents are there and everybody was there to be like, just enjoy the moment with like everybody, your closest friends and family. Uh, I was so surreal and it worked out perfect. Like it was in Montreal. It's not too far from home. Uh, my parents came down, my cousins, my, all my buddies, some of my brothers, buddies. And I don't know, there was like 30 something people at the game and we saw them all outside at the bell center. And I just came out and, bunch of people bought bought my jerseys and it was just like, like we did it. It was almost like we did it together. You know, like these guys have been supporting me my whole time. Obviously my family's sacrificed so much for, for me to get here. And it's just like, it was, it was awesome. And to be able to do it with them there in the building and like, felt like we just, we did this together, you know, like everyone's been always rooting for me and dreaming that, that I'm going to do it. And, uh, and it happened and and it was special that they were there. Now, are they a part of your entourage now because you're making the do-re-mi the bank account's fat. Are they living in Montreal now, going out every night and like, put it on Pozzetta's tab? Is that how it's going now? Or uh, No, no. But uh, everyone stuck around for like, we were at home for like the first two weeks. So oh, everyone kind of just ended up sticking around for, for quite a while. I know my buddies came up for the game and then drove back that night and had to go to work the next day. But then they came back up and um, my family just stuck around. Some of my cousins, my brother and his girlfriend and stuff. So it was, uh, it was a pretty crazy first two weeks just long homestand and then I got in every game. So it was, it was pretty cool. That's funny. All right. I, I, I said that at the beginning of the show, I wanted to backtrack to Sudbury because I, I was watching your fights, you know, you're a good fighter. You like to just stick your nose in there and chuck them. And then I came across this fight you had versus Owen sound, Jacob friend, both captains of your team. I think it was in preseason. I want all of our listeners to go and watch this fight. Cause it is potentially one of the best fights I've ever seen. Can you just, what's your fighting style, A, 
And B, how did you not knock this guy out in this fight? Because you had at least five or seven straight down main street bombs to his face. And the guy must have cement in his face because he just like waving the refs off. And I'm like, buddy, just go down. And Michael's just literally like pounding his face. Like you tenderize meat. What's your style. And how did that fight happen? Cause it's preseason and two captains are going at it. I was just so enthralled by this fight. Yeah. My style is just kind of, <laughs> just get in there and just start throwing, you know, like throw punches and think later. And um, I'm working on some things here and there, but uh, for me, it's just like, I just like getting in there and I just like going, like I just get so fired up and I know maybe that's not, not the smartest sometimes. And you might take a little more damage than, than you'd like sometimes. But to me, that's, that's the most fun is just get in there and start throwing. And that one actually, well, when we were playing junior, so they switched to a three fight rule. Yeah. when I was in the league. So there was like, you can only fight three times in a season and there wasn't, um, there wasn't many guys that would actually fight me in, in the OHL anymore. No big deal. And, um, cause that was my fourth year and, um, that actually wasn't preseason. So before the game, I texted oh, my buddy on, I texted my buddy on Owen sound. I was like, Hey, look, like tell friend, like, are we going to do this? Cause he's tough too. He led the league in fights like two years before, I think. And I was like, ah, like I can't go the whole season without fighting. Like I'm You texted to like, the guy on the other team to tell friend we're doing it. Yeah. Wow. Just to see if he like it's like, all right, is this happening? And he's it's like, an yeah, alpha he's male so move. Like, so he's like, all right. And um so first shift we're just like, Hey, let's get it get it out of the way early. I think it was the first period. And um yeah, I was just throwing and I kept hitting him in the face. I'm like, how's this guy? I dropped him twice, I think, and then uh at one point, yeah, he's waving the refs off. I thought he was waving the refs in. I'm like, I can't even stand up. I'm exhausted. I've just been throwing punches this whole time. And he's waving them off. And I was like, damn, this guy's um, got a cement head. He definitely – it was insane. Go watch that fight. I guarantee you nobody's watched that fight. Check it out on HockeyFights.com. Pasetta versus Friend. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. That's when I noticed your hair. And we, your girlfriend was there when we first started the podcast. Does she like your hair? In all honesty. Yeah, I think she, she likes long hair. I think she'd uh, she'd probably like if I cut it a little bit, and I think I definitely look a little better when it's uh, when it's cut. But uh, I'm not sure I'm allowed to shave the mustache or the hair anytime soon, so I'll stick around. Is it a cult? Are you like the new George Peros of the league, where it's just that's, that's your shtick now? Yeah, I think so. And uh, just kind of started as like a, a COVID. Like I was just like, screw it. Like I can't really grow facial hair that well. So I was like, ah, I'll just – grow my mustache out and let the hair go. And uh, all of a sudden uh, it's just stuck around. So when you look in the mirror, you're like, nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different look. I think it's definitely something that catches the people. eye. so, okay. A couple more number 55. Why you were 13 in juniors. You were 23 in Laval. Did they, did they just say here, have Sergey Gonchar's number? Uh, I didn't get a pick. I just showed up. I had a number. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so that, that was, that was 55. And, um, I kind of, it's starting to grow on me a little bit. Uh, so I'm kind of liking it now. And, um, but yeah, it's definitely just handed to me and I'm not someone like, Hey, uh, can I actually have this number? You know what? I'd so, rather uh, have 23. <laughs> yeah. Don't get a pick. So, uh, that's why 55. That's funny. No, that, that's how it is when you're a rookie schmelt, you get whatever they give you and you like it and you just really mm-hmm. enjoy it. All right. 
I did. I before we came on, I was like, I don't, I'm not going to talk about the Habs too much because we all know they're struggling. We all know the situation Montreal's in. It's not great compared to last year. High expectations. Lots of new guys came in. What's the vibe like in the room? Like, what is it fun to go to the rink? You know, you you had the GM get fired. The players can't be happy. You're not playing up to your expectations. What's what's it like in Montreal now? Just give us a bird's eye view of the. Uh, life in Montreal. I mean, it's tough, obviously, like these, these fans pay a lot of money and they, this is like religion to them here in Montreal. So obviously when the team's not doing well, it's, it's hard on them and that makes it hard on us, right? Like everything that they're talking about is us not doing well in the media and all that sort of stuff. So it's tough. And obviously like nobody plays hockey to lose. Everyone wants to win when they're out there. And um, so some days are, are tougher than others, but, Honestly, like it's it's like I said before, it's a great group of guys and everyone's trying their best to just stay positive and just get through this right now. Like there's no point in coming to the rink and everyone's just getting on each other. Like I've been on teams in junior where where the mood's so negative that it's just such a toxic environment like at the rink and it's just does nothing positive. Like you're still losing and now it's just toxic at the rink. So guys are doing the best they can to stay positive at the rink and bring like just good energy and like that's the best way to turn it around. I think like if we're constantly negative, it just doesn't, doesn't help anybody. So no, I, I've been on best. teams. I've been on teams that are worse than you guys our Sabres. We, we were trying to set the record for the least goals scored in a season. It's tough. It's tough. But the guys who turn it around are guys like you who can kind of bring some energy, some for the guys to rally around. So I think what you're bringing to Montreal is cool. I think you're having an impact even greater than, you know, not that I want to blow your head up, but it's cool to see you in Montreal because they don't have players like that that often. It's really the fans love it. They're they're gravitating towards you. All right. Now I know you gotta, you know, probably prep for the game. You're busy, busy, busy. Tim does rapid fire questions. We we've done it with all the guys in the league. Most of the answers are very boring. I expect big things out of you, Michael. I feel like we're kindred spirits. I feel like we connect. So Tim's gonna break down some questions. I want some great answers. Okay, no pressure. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. All right, rapid fire. Just don't think about it. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, taken. First one. Good one. Pizza or tacos? Uh, pizza for sure. Favorite subject in school? Uh, math and science. Favorite vacation spot? Um, coolest spot I got in the St. Lucia. Uh, favorite sport besides hockey? Um, football. Uh, what shows are you binging right now? Um, I, Yellowstone. A very good thing. I haven't seen it. Um, Unbelievable show. Yeah, that's what people keep saying. John's never heard of it. John, tell him you have a TV at home? I don't have a TV, Michael. No? No, I have six kids. I have no time to watch TV. So Yeah, that would uh, that'd be pretty tough. <laughs> Do, does your girlfriend want kids? Uh, we are nowhere near that. So. Michael, stop. You got to have these conversations. <laughs> like, I'm sure she does, but uh, that's not something we're talking about right now. You're stuck in a hotel room in Montreal. What better place to plan out your future? It's such a beautiful opportunity for you. I'm still a baby, so uh, we'll, we'll wait a few more years for that. All right. You're only 23, but, you know, time tick, 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 tock, Michael. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Anything else, Tim, you want to ask Michael? Because I could go on for days. No, this is good. Thank you for coming on. This has been great. Yeah, no worries, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm having a good time, too, and I could talk forever. So, Who are you uh, going to call out? You play Chicago on Thursday. 
Who are you texting that you know on Chicago to say, I'm going to fight this guy? Uh, probably nobody. I, I just let the play speak for itself. Like, I'm going to go out there, play the same way. And, you know, when you're playing that style, things just come your way. So I never really try to go out looking for stuff, but um, usually just has a way of finding me. So we'll just let that keep happening. So I'm going to text Patrick Kane now. Just to, just a ballpark. <laughs> if there's a guy you want to just let me know, and I'll text Kane or say, hey, Pizzetti's going to fight, insert name here. Who would that name be? Is it Mark Andre Fleury? Are you going to just blow it out the the water? Like, let's go big. <laughs> just, uh, maybe just blow them up and then see what happens from there. But no, that's probably not a good idea. Oh, that's funny, man. Well, listen, it's very exciting watching you. It, it's a breath of fresh air to see you ripping around the ice. I love it. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for your story. I hope you have a long career. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. Don't let the success get to your head. That's my only advice because uh, you're doing the right things and you're doing them the right way. So good, good luck. Along the way, hopefully you guys get some wins under your belt and you can sign a big new contract. And we'll be talking to you uh, next year and you'll be driving around. You'll be married, <laughs> baby on the way. Oh, it'll be just so great. It'll be very exciting. That being said, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Um, good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thank you guys. And thank you for having me. It was, uh, it was fun. No problem. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you on Friday. Cheers. What an interview with Presetta. That was honestly one of the best ones we've ever had. I can tell John... Um, which is loving his story, loving his energy, loving the attitude that he had. So definitely one of our favorites. And before we wrap up, I'm going to give you our, of course, the points bet pick. This one's a bit of a homer pick. We have the Bruins playing the Canucks tonight. This is an important game for the Bruins. They're 6-3-1 in their last 10, but they lost last week, their last game. They haven't really looked like themselves. It's the Stanley Cup rematch, obviously. The Bruins are favorited, but not by a whole bunch. It's minus 131. In my opinion, they should be favorited more. The Canucks did not look great. Um, so yeah, I am going to go with the Boston Bruins money line over Vancouver tonight. Lock it in, bet the 401k done. Thanks for listening to dropping the gloves with John Scott, a member of the nation network of podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.